You're listening to The Porch Pod. This is a place where we hope you feel at home. Our goal is to talk around life, faith, and everything messy in between. My name is Mitch. And my name is Seth. Pull up a chair. Your family here. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to The Porch Pod. Uh, We are so glad that you joined us this week. Um, my name is Mitch, just in case you've forgotten, um, and this is episode five. We are so excited that you've joined us. I cannot believe we've done five episodes already. Like, oh, this is Seth, by the way, if you're just tuning in. So, um, no, it's so funny. I've, like, I've talked to people who literally are like, I've listened to a couple episodes, or I've listened to one episode, and I'm like, well, you're missing out because we're here on episode five. So, I mean, get with it. So, welcome if you made it this far. That's right. Absolutely. And yeah, big thank you to everyone that has that has stuck with us so far. And um, if you're just, just joining us, welcome. Uh, if you are um, maybe have taken a couple weeks off, welcome back. Um, if you know a friend that has stopped listening, um, make fun of them. Uh, give them crap about it. Force them to listen to it. Like literally like make tape their hands. And then put headphones on them and force them to listen to it. Truly. Because here's the thing. We are hoping that this is going to be helpful for your life. And if you care about your friends, I'm not saying that you have to share it with them. But I'm not saying that you don't. So, anyway. So, Mitch, like, we kind of, you know, always want to emphasize just the goal of, like, things. And kind of, like, you know, here we are, episode five and everything like that. Kind of dive into a little bit, maybe, just before we dive into the full depth of today's conversation just of the goal and like why we're here and like what we're doing here yeah so from the jump it's always been our heart to create um to create a safe space and to encourage those that are listening to us um to have conversations with with your community and with um you know those people that are around you that you feel safe to talk to um just about life and about faith um we we just want to make a place of encouragement to have those conversations that can be hard and can be messy and you know they they stick to your brain um and they're they're questions that just come up over and over and over again um because we know that like once there's honesty and once there's clarity um it can be very healing um and it can be very productive um so um we've gotten some feedback recently uh which we love we love to hear from you guys um just know that like we we have heard you we we've listened to your your comments and your questions and your concerns um we we hear you we see you uh we are making some adjustments to the pod um it's gonna be a little more organized uh here moving forward so we're we're excited to move forward and on to higher things from there so so that way our guests will not literally want to die because the normal structure of this has been like hey what are your three favorite things and then they're like uh it's just like that and then we go from there but this actually is probably going to help us out everybody involved way more so you can blame me because my first episode was me just naming my three favorite things and so but we we grow we get better you know what and it's a learning process and it always will be so we are we're excited about that but speaking of learning um we have uh, the honor of having someone in our presence today that um, has always pushed me to learn more and to 
dive deeper in, into everything truly um, is she is one of my favorite people in the world. Um, so uh, we have the pleasure of having Stacy Jones with us on the pod today. Um, hey, <laughs> Stacy, st- I'm just kidding. No, I like that. That's yeah, right. keep going, keep going. Okay. Stacy, yeah. Stacy. Okay, yeah, you she's actually me, fist pumping like right now. You can't see yeah. it, but she's, she's fist pumping. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, so yeah, Stacy and I, uh, we go way back. So we met uh, probably seven years ago. Uh, we were serving in a church together, um, w- serving in student ministry. Um, Nothing I was brings you together more than serving in student ministry. <laughs> Absolutely, if that is not the truth. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was fresh into ministry school and she had just launched this campus and, uh, I thought she was one of the cool girls that, uh, that was serving with us and we didn't know each other, but we, we bonded and, uh, we became great friends, um, bonded over ice cream, stalking an ice cream truck mm-hmm. while sitting in the floor of dream team central Amen. and dancing through the lobby. So yes. what does stalking an ice cream truck look like? So there was this ice cream truck. Um, in the city that we were serving in that I was admittedly obsessed with and I followed them on Instagram and every Sunday they would post up somewhere where you could um, come get ice cream. So I would be on their Instagram account just throughout the day, just waiting for the moment that they finally posted where they were. And then um, from there, you you know what, what happened next. I would show up. I got my ice cream. I was happy. It was a good Amen. time. Amen. Speaking of ice cream, we just have to, you know, make reference to the fact that Jenny's is now in Cincinnati. Jenny's. It is in Cincinnati. Um, what's your favorite flavor so far, Mitch? Oh, I got to go with the classic gooey butter cake. It's so good. Preach, brother. It's so good. Solid choice. Yes, it is. It's, it is my favorite by far. Um, I will say, though, I, I've i been used to uh, – some of our friends own a an ice cream shop that's similar to Jenny's in town called Gold Spoon. Mm-hmm. And I've been used to that for so long because Jenny's just you know refused to come to Cincinnati for a long time. Um, don't we know that all too well? Um, and so, uh, which is so funny cause like, uh, Stace, like when we left the city that we were in before, um, to kind of get a little background, Stace and I moved to Cincinnati around the same time, probably within about a month of each other, um, to help start the church that we're a part of here in town. Um, and right around the same time that we moved, a Jenny's opened up in the city that we were living in. Um, and so we moved away from that into a, into a Jenny's desert. A Jenny-less wasteland. <laughs> yeah. I was so upset about it. So for like the past year, um, some friends of ours owned, owned an ice cream shop. They still own it. Um, and they give gigantic scoops of ice cream and they're just wonderful. So and I good. went to Jenny's and I was like, I'm a little disappointed at the size of the scoop. But nevertheless. That's fair. That is fair. Yeah. Um, because the scoops, the scoops are, are small. Yeah. And and the, the prices are not. However, the flavor, the flavor is amazing. The flavor is amazing. The flavor is also not small. So, I'm not gonna lie. I think that the St. Louis gooey over at Gold Spoon might be better than Jenny's gooey butter cake. It's so, uh, the St. Louis gooey is amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. My go-to right now, it well, my go-to always is their pistachio um, from mm. Gold Spoon. But also their coconut milk based 
cookies and cream is fantastic. Yeah, they have so many good dairy-free options there. Yeah. Um, and gluten-free options, too. Yeah, so good. So, um, Not so yeah, I just wanted to... Um, so, like I said, Stacey and I have known each other for a while. Uh, we've moved to Cincinnati around the same time to, to start our church. Um, and so, yeah, we, um, we've gotten to, to see a lot of, a lot of life, uh, together. And, uh, you know, I, I credit Stacy to, uh, introducing me to my wife, uh, when we led a small group together, the best. So, um, so yeah. So Stace, tell us a little bit about you, um, from your perspective, like what is, what is it like to be a Stace Mm. and also tell us your favorite Jenny's flavor. Okay. Um, I'll start with the easy question. My favorite Jenny's flavor is, um, it is the brown butter almond brittle. I could eat that every day and not get sick of it. That's my second favorite. So it's it's good. Gosh, it's so good. Like it's, it's so good that I have paid $8 to get a pint of it from the store. So good. On, on several occasions. It's, it's just very good. And if you know me, I don't like to spend money. So Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Are, are, are we doing wrong by not getting pints from Jenny's? Because here's the deal. It costs for three scoops. It is $8. So, I mean, should we just get pints from Ellen? I mean, maybe. Maybe we get more that way? I don't know. That Anyways. Might be, yeah, that might be a game changer. I will say, though, if you buy this, the pints at the shop, they're $10. So they're eight in the grocery, but ten at the shop. Jenny's is jipping us. Another reason, gold spoons, great. I'm just kidding. We love you, Jenny's. Um, okay, sorry, <laughs> we're talking way too much about ice cream. Continue, Stacy. Um, so I personally believe that there is no too much talking about ice cream. I will say Amen. though. Um, so what's it like being a Stace? I am. My name is Stacy. I am. I like to say that I'm from the South. TM because I (laughs) I was born in the south and I was raised in the south but if you ask me for a hometown I don't know what to tell you because I moved a lot um so I'm just from the south that's 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 just my deal um I have a one-year-old corgi named Olivia she's adorable we love her she yes everyone that meets her loves her to know her is to love her she's precious um, I am a crazy avid reader, um, big book fan. And one of my favorite things recently is, um, me and my friends started a book club. And so now I am in a group chat with people and hang out with people who are also like huge nerds like me and love talking about books. So it's, it's a great time. It's a good time. Yeah. And let me tell you that group, that group chat be popping off. She's popping, popping, popping. Yeah. My, my wife is a part of that and it's, it just goes crazy all the time. I was just texting in that group chat as I pulled up, not as I pulled up because you don't text and drive. Yeah. yeah, But I put my car in park Mm. and then I was responding to it. What, what, so y'all reading, are y'all all all reading fourth wing right now? We are. So our, our Heather's obsessed. Yeah. So I, I read fourth wing, um, like two months ago, like kind of early on when no one was talking about it. Um, at least in my friend group. Say what? Hipster. You know, you know me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I really loved it, but I was like, man, like what if other people don't like it? I don't know. So I recently started just like telling people, Hey, you should read this book. And now I, uh, somehow hoodwinked our entire book club into reading this for this month and everyone loves it. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. Apparently it's a hit. We, uh, 
we were we went to dinner the other night um corinne and i and seth and heather and we we went to a place in dayton so it was a bit of a drive up there and uh at one point heather was staring out the window ominously in thought and uh corinne said are you good and she said yeah i'm just thinking about such like named a character from the book and i was like that's hilarious listen that's that's what fourth week fourth wing is doing to us out here we're just always thinking about it all the time hey. i'm i'm about to hit the uh the reread here in a second so fourth wing sponsor us whoever the author is please you Rebecca Garos, just like if you could just just please send me a book i'm trying i'm trying so hard to buy your book it's out of stock everywhere when i tell you people are obsessed everywhere. with this book they're feral but i'm also feral so it's fine there's no shame that's fair. I mean, if we're going to be feral, it might as well be over something like a book. Something not. that's not harmful. You yeah, know? exactly. There's nothing wrong with being feral over a book. You know, that's right. It's only harmful if you, you know, throw them. So. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, sorry, I would love to talk about ice cream and books all day, but we, I think we've been talking for like 15 minutes about that. So I was like, you know what? We got to talk about life, you know? Seth says we're going to have more... Um, more structure and more then i come on and just and i can't start stop talking, talking about <laughs> ice cream and books Oops. <laughs> whoopsie if you're still listening we're so proud of you um not because this is not entertaining conversation it very much is but um but yeah anyways so we're here we're here uh on the porch pod and so um kind of what me and mitch so mitch was the one who approached me about bringing stace on and so kind of like what was your heart mitch about bringing stace on into maybe just diving into this conversation that we're about to dive into and tell me a little bit about that let me give some some backstory too just so mitch doesn't have to just for context because you're hearing my voice and not seeing me i am black okay carry on (laughs) (laughs) yes so so stacy is black um that but that was not originally why I wanted to have you on. Um oh, but amazing. yeah. So back back when we were first talking about who we wanted to have on, um your name did come to mind like even even before we like set up this theme that we're going through and um your name came to mind just as someone like we we wanted to hear from your experience and your like your input and it's like well what does that look like? What are we going to talk to all these people that we want to have on about? And um, you know, we started down that road of like loving your neighbor, um, and how to love your neighbor well. And so, um, when we thought through like how to love your neighbor well, and also these are the people that we want to have on, it's like, well, how do we tie those two together? And, um, so this week we're going to be talking about, um, how, how to love people that don't exactly look like me. So you're listening to our voices, Seth and I are straight white men in our 20s. Like, you know, we, you know, it doesn't get any more, like, white than us, you know? No, I'm actually a unicorn. That is what I identify as. Just a heads up. So. Yeah, th- I mean, that's what I was I was thinking. I was a little confused when he said straight white men. I, I know. Like, Mitch, for sure. But, but, but Seth, not me. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, Continue. Sorry, Mitch. All good. Um, so yeah, we uh, we wanted to hear from maybe a voice that isn't isn't so white like us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should cut that. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> make that a cold open. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
so yeah so we would love to hear like tell us a little bit about your experience and your background and why loving people who don't look like you is such a passion point because i think from from the moment that we met like it has been something that you've been you know undeniably passionate about um so yeah yeah so um i'll i'll start off by saying this is this is something that is very close and near and dear to my heart obviously because i am a, a black woman who grew up in the deep south so with that um I, I've had some unfortunate experiences where I was treated differently because of the color of my skin. And that's from a young age. Um, so as, as a child, it's, it's really heartbreaking to experience those things. And it, it doesn't necessarily get easier as you get older. It's just something that, um, you learn to deal with. And I don't know, I, I think, the reason that this is important to me is that um, I think it's important to hear and understand people's perspectives, right? I um, There have unfortunately been times where I've tried to share my perspective and um, have been kind of disregarded, I guess would be the best term for that. And I just don't want anyone to ever feel that way. I think um, a lot of the, the the issues that we're seeing in the world right now can be solved by just having empathy mm-hmm. and and really caring about the people that are to our left and right um, and in our yeah. communities and our families and that that don't look like us. Yeah. Know? What would you so like kind of like hearing that side, you know, like there are people going to be listening to this and they're going to hear probably like oh, we're talking about race. You yeah. know, like, and they're going to, like, immediately their walls are going to go up. Mm-hmm. Why should someone, like, let their walls down to, like, hear this? Yeah. It kind of, and you know, you know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. like, the thing is, like, it is something that's going to be a little bit harder to talk about. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it. So, like, what would you say for you is, like, a good reason of, like, hey, let those walls down. Yeah. Like, let's get in the weeds of it, you know? Yeah, so there's there's a, a few things that I would say to that. Um, the first is, you know, look look at the people who are around you. Look at your the people you consider friends, the people who are in your family, uh, the people that you know you do life with. Do any of them not look like you? If if there are people there that don't look like you and you love them, the way to love people well is to listen to them. Is to um, to try to to see things from their perspective, to to be with them and celebrate good times, and also to be with them and hear them and and care about them through tough things that they've experienced. And so, um, none of us knows what it's like to be in each other's shoes. So um, having having that empathy and and you know maybe holding in, holding on in, in like a difficult conversation, it's worth it because that's how you care for people. Um, for me, you know, any, anybody can be nice to me when, when there's not, it's not difficult to do so, but when you really feel loved and cared for and seen is, um, when someone is there and has your back when things are not difficult. So I would say that I'd also say, um, you know, God created all of us. We're all made in his image. And I think it's, it's important to allow yourself to be uncomfortable, 
to see people and see them from their perspectives because these are people who God loves so dearly that um, that were created in his image that that he cares about. And just for the for the simple fact that, you know, for me as a believer, I want to care about the things that God cares about. I want to see people the way that God sees them. And um, and if you know, if you look at the example of Jesus, he never just stood back in, in a place where he was comfortable. He always put himself in in environments where he could be around people and see people and speak to people and hear people. And, um, you know, I, I, I think if if Jesus has set that example and that standard for me, why would I not follow that as a follower of Jesus? You know, so I, I just think it's it's the best way to care for people is to listen to them yeah i i think that's great and i i do have a question um kind of stemming off of something you just said um of seeing seeing others as image bearers and especially when they when it's situations where they don't look exactly like you Mm um how i and this might even answer itself but how would you say that when you're taking on that perspective of seeing everyone as image bearers of Jesus. Um, how do you fight against that unconscious bias that might be there because of bringing, because of X, Y, Z, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, I think a lot of this goes into just having in life a mindset that you are not an expert on things, that you're always a student. There's always more that you can learn. None of us knows everything um, because none of us is God. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's important to, um, to really just train your brain to um, be comfortable with being wrong and be comfortable with because no one wants that yeah no no <laughs> one wants to be wrong but we're all wrong we're at some very point, wrong a know? lot of times so um and it's it's always difficult with implicit bias because um you don't know what's there it's it's subconscious but i think trying to um trying to get outside of your comfort zone trying to listen to other perspectives and be open and let Mm -hmm. your guard down it's it's just it's a muscle that you have to exercise yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's so great it's like like i think honestly it's gonna it helps kind of frame up like just what we're going to talk about first thing i kind of like wanted to like when me and mitch decided hey we're gonna be more structured now we decided to develop questions so it's not gonna be like a like an interview or like a hot seat like like conference you know whatever but um, I do like, you know, there were some common questions that we came up with when we were thinking about this conversation. And I think the first one had to do around like, how do you in your seat and you being you, how do you like share commonality? Like from your perspective, like, you know, you, you like you share commonality with people and like we all are very similar in di- some ways, but we're also very different in some ways. So like, mm-hmm. how do you feel like you, it's like share commonality? Thank you, Winnie, for looking in my ear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how do you share commonality but like you know also celebrate like the differences in race do you know what i'm saying yeah i think um for me I'll, I'll speak from from my perspective because um again you know no black people aren't a monolith women aren't a monolith you know there's everyone has different experiences yeah. but i would say for me um it's more about 
um, finding unity, even though there are differences. Um, but finding places where, you know, I care about the things that the people around me care about and that they put an effort to care about the things that I care about. So it's, it's more about, it's less about, I guess for me, it's less about, um, commonality and more about that unity. Um, because I, what I don't want for me is for someone to, disregard the ways that I'm different because um because it it may feel um uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it's not I you know I I'm a black woman I love being a black woman and I I want I don't want someone to you know there's this there's this thing that people say and I I believe originally you know pretty well meaning but they're like oh I'm I'm colorblind I don't see race racist and like I I see the heart behind that, but I think for me, I don't want there to be a blindness to me being black. Cause I love being black. It's, it's yeah. part of who I am. My family is black. My obviously, well, not obviously you don't know if I was adopted, but it's true. Um, <laughs> we don't but, know, but no. yeah, <laughs> it's like, I, I would love, you know, for that to be seen. But I think yeah. there's, I think where the important, part of this comes together is with that unity piece yeah um yeah because i felt like like during like everything and with covid and george floyd and you know all that kind of stuff like there were two sides of the camp i feel like you saw the side that was like very much like you know like yeah black lives matter like let's get behind this kind of thing and then you saw the side that was like no we're all humans Mm -hmm. and it's like but uh, and I and like like we're one human race and we have different shades of melanin and all this kind of stuff and I like and I I felt like for me I couldn't speak to that hmm. you know as as a white male that's not a unicorn you know um <laughs> but <laughs> uh, out. but yeah secrets out surprise guys um but like I felt like there were two camps and I never really like it felt like they were both true in a mm. way, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like, I feel like they contradicted each other. And so I'm not sure if you ever felt that tension or like how you were able to respond to that during that time or whatever. But like, that was how it was approaching to me as just a straight white dude. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I actually do have strong opinions about this. Um, Hit me. so I think Hit I- us, Stacy. <laughs> give it to us. We're on the so- porch. Yeah, we gotta hear, th- hear those strong opinions. <laughs> I'm out there. Um, I, I'll, I'll just start kind of like, again, this is my perspective, but as someone who, so I'm going to, I'm going to give a little backstory. I'm going to give a little backstory. So as someone who, um, grew up black in the South in the deep South, um, as I mentioned before, I, I had a lot of experiences that, um, unfortunately communicated to me that my life didn't matter as much um, because of the color of my skin and not like I'm not saying that that my my thank God my life wasn't endangered but the way that I was treated it was treated as if I were um, less than because because of the color of my skin Um, 
And, you know, I wish I could say that it was isolated incidents. I wish I could say it was like just one place. But, you know, as I mentioned before, I grew up all over the South and I I have experienced this almost every place I lived. And so um, with that, the first time I heard the um, people saying Black Lives Matter and really um, trying to champion that, I honestly was like, finally, people are talking about this, like, because there, I think there are things with like, you know, the George Floyd incident that were, um, people's, it felt like people's eyes were being open to something that they didn't see before, but I had seen that happening and knew that was happening my entire life. And it felt like nobody cared. And so, um, to have something where people are saying, Black Lives Matter. This is important. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. And I'm I'm not getting into like the organization or yeah. whatever, but just like that aspect of it, like having having like trying to champion that thought um, isn't taking away from the fact that we are all people. We're all made in God's image. Yeah. Like you know, we do. I I think the the best way forward is is in in unity and in people caring for each other and listening to each other. Um, and so like, I'm, it's not saying that other things matter less because you're trying to say black lives matter. It's more so like, you know, people in the black community are hurting right now. Yeah. Right. So in this moment, it's, it's, it's a time to, maybe if you're not in that community, take a step back like kind of kind of like you were saying earlier like checking if you do have implicit bias trying to like just see taking a look at what's happening and how it's affecting people and um like in that moment caring for those people not necessarily saying um you know and i've heard it put this way before and and i don't know if this is like such a, a buzz term or if this is like I, I would say it's accurate, but it, it was used as a buzz term. It's like all all lives do not matter unless black lives matter. And I think that's so true. Like really take mm-hmm. that into, into consideration. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it was that was used kind of to counteract the the counteracting of black mm-hmm. lives matter that you know people were saying all lives matter. And it it it's saying yes, but black lives have to matter for all lives. to yeah. matter. You know. And and I think that that's the thing that, you know, it was wild to see during that time because it, I, I do feel like, yeah, while there were a lot, of, a lot of people still opposing that, I felt like there were people that I knew that normally would have bucked at the, the phrase black lives matter actually like for some, some way George Floyd unified a lot of people that may not normally be in that that camp you know like and which was encouraging mm-hmm. um but i think that like the the thing is is like and this is my challenge to anybody who did kind of go in that route and like this is this is just coming from me but it's like i felt like i saw a lot of people be like post a black photo like the the black square and then with hashtag black lives matter and then from there it just it like they reverted back to just mm-hmm. like old ways. Yeah. Um and so like how do you pursue change 
like lasting change after something like that rather than just like doing it because everybody's doing it mm-hmm. because i think that can also be a challenge like a thing too is like um like we were talking to sam last week and he was like you know he he, he was talking about two different like ways of people like approaching like like you know either they're against like you being gay and trying to uh pursue just like a, a life with jesus and like you know choosing that or th- that you like they're like oh you're an like they're like overly ally-ish, you know, in a way. Yeah. Um, so how do you pursue like effective change within you in that place? Like from like coming from like a place from the outside looking in kind of thing, mm-hmm. but also at the same time, like even when everybody else is doing it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think that goes back to, um, just, making a habit of, of making, of being uncomfortable and not, you know, putting yourself in other people's shoes, having conversations, um, you know, researching things and, and thinking about the people that are, that are in your life that look differently from you and educating yourself on what it, how it looks for them from their perspective, from, from people in that, you know, community group, how it feels to be, you know, disabled in America or black in America or, um, you know, of, of another, of indigenous in America, you know, like, what is it like for them? What, how, how has history affected them? You know, just, I think it takes not just doing the, the easy thing. Cause I feel like posting a black square was, it was a show of support, but it is also, you know, it's a path of least, ex- least resistance. It's, it's very easy to do. Um, yeah, nobody's going like, to say something to you for posting a black square yeah. that you would have to defend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, I even, um, I pursued having conversations with people that maybe posted things that, um, were dissenting towards like my views and these were people that I was doing life with that I I cared a lot about and I reached out and said hey like I saw this um and you know this this is how it made me feel I would love to hear like your heart behind like saying this and hear your perspective and I'm not saying that that's like every person, you know, in a minority, it's not really their job to necessarily always be the person that's doing that. But if I say that, I think for me, the way that I view that is if, if I want, um, there to be change in unity, then I'm, I'm going to pursue having those conversations as well when it's, I'm going to make myself uncomfortable too. Which I appreciate that because it's like, it's so much easier, just like it's easy to post a black square and say black lives matter. And then like, go on with your life. I appreciate the fact that like you didn't just like be like bigot and then like call it a day, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. But like you actually pursued like unity and that's so, like props to you for that. Like that, that, that shows a pursuit of unity. And I hope that that is continued. Like that's uh, obviously what we don't see. I feel like in today's mm-hmm. world, which is really hard, but I feel like if, we th- if that happened more, imagine what the world could look like, especially in this regard to this. For sure. I I think it kind of goes back to that whole, you know, making yourself a student thing and, and um, making your being okay with being uncomfortable. I just think it's important to, to put yourself out there. Um, I, I like to say, sorry, is everything okay? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 
Um, I like to say that I'm lovingly confrontational. So I think that's kind of where, where that came from. I, in, in love, wanted to confront something that I saw and have a conversation about it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's awesome. I just, so I'm not going to go in order here for like, we did prepare some questions, but I'm not going to go in order of them. Cause I think, you know, the conversation that we're having now about like, um, about educating yourself, I think that is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, <coughs> um, I've not always done the best job of this, but I am always looking to tr- like try to learn, um, but you know, in light of those things of like when he is on one, you know, um, but in you know, in light of of events that you know happen, you know, back in during the pandemic and those sort of things, mm-hmm. how how can people who don't share the experiences that you've shared in a non traumatic, non threatening way be educating themselves mm-hmm. in a way that's not just relying on their person of color friend mm-hmm. to okay. to be the voice <laughs> of reason and to be that one thing like the one person that they go to yeah like how do they get those answers apart from that you know what I mean? yeah stacy that hit a real chord with you you're like mm, mm, yes yeah. yeah that thing right there oh you noticed that did you we, we for sure talked about this before <laughs> um yeah so i i think it just it it just takes getting out of your comfort zone like there's no other way to to really do it um you know, it, it takes being okay with being proven wrong. It takes, um, you know, reading and learning and, and seeking out information, um, that, you know, that can, can teach you these things. It takes, if you look around and, and at the people that are in your life and they all look like you, you know, maybe get around some people who don't look like you and not so that you can like sit down at a table with them and like, okay, so what's it like to be Asian? Tell me about it. Right. Please don't do that. But (laughs) just like, that's not the best. (laughs) So, so what's it like being like you since you were born, you know, like, like it's like, I've been like this forever, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's more so, you know, being if you when you're around people who don't look like you um it a it builds an empathy in you to care about the things that they care about because you love that person um when I feel like I'm being loved well it's when I the people that are in my life care about things that affect me you know yeah I think beyond that you know we're all consuming media in some form for the most part, whether that's social media, whether it's movies, books, TV, podcasts, music, there are, there's so much out there, um, in the way of, um, there's so much out there that is created by people of color, people, um, who, you know, are experiencing disabilities, you know, just there's, there's so much out there. So if, if you're only reading books written by, you know, straight white men, maybe try reading a book that is by someone of a different, you know, ethnicity from you or try watching a TV show that has a main character that has a different like life than you or the music that you listen to. And you'll be surprised how much people will like pour their soul and their experiences into their music, you know, just, just, seek it out you know yeah because i think like 
because I think that the objection to a lot of people for that is like a lot of people might think, oh, well, there's there's a hidden agenda behind them. And that's why I stick with what I know, you know. And so it's like, how do you like lovingly nudge people to be like to like towards things that might be helpful in that and and also sorry I've got, I'm fighting a dog at the same time um but at the same time like you know looking to gain from others experiences yeah i you know i i don't want this to sound like i'm i'm writing someone off but typically when you're afraid of of uh, someone having a hidden agenda you're already kind of closed off from from hearing what people have to say preach um already made up your mind so, yeah, and and I think that's just for me that's kind of a scary place to live. Um just because you you put yourself in a place where you whether knowing or or not kind of make yourself your knowledge your own god in a way. Um and when you can't allow yourself to be wrong, allow yourself to hear other experiences, allow yourself to be open-hearted towards people who are different from you. None of that is reflective of who God is. Um, and I, it just, it just, that just feels like a dangerous, um, mindset to have. Now, the question that you asked was how do you nudge people in the right direction? Um, or toward just towards being open. I, you know, that's difficult. Um, I think it's just continuing to have those, just honest conversations and not giving up on it. This, this whole topic, I'm going to say it all the time, but you just have to be uncomfortable. It, mm-hmm. it just is what it is because you're not going to drift towards unity. Totally. Um, it's something that you have to work towards. Yeah. So, um, if, if it's important, you'll work towards it. And this is something that, um, I think is, is worth that effort. So that's good. That's awesome. So, kind of going back a little bit um when you're in situations where maybe maybe everyone looks like you except for one person two Mm -hmm. people how do you how does someone become an effective ally in that case um to the point of like making sure that the person of color or the person that doesn't look like them whether it's of any sort like whether it's like a white person ensuring that the the black person who is n- their new friend in this situation, how do you effectively n- make them not feel like an other? Does that, does that make sense? Did I say that eloquently? Yeah, it's so this, this was kind of the hardest one when I was looking at it. Cause I, um, I don't know that you can, I think, um, you know, for me, I, I am very aware in a lot of spaces that I'm the only black person in the room. Um, so I think, and I, I don't think it's, it's necessarily like actively, um, cause I think if you, if you bring a lot of like attention to so you're black are you okay is this this space okay with you like I think that (laughs) kind of exacerbates the issue a little bit yeah (laughs) but I think um 
you know, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's all about, um, like caring for the person. If, if you, if there's something that like you see that is like, would make someone uncomfortable, like not letting that person be the only one that speaks up about it, but you know, you being there backing them up and encouraging them and, and being there for them in the middle of something that's difficult. Um, yeah, and the only other, because um, so in my head when you ask this question, I'm thinking about you know kind of two scenarios in a, an interpersonal conversation with someone or like an interpersonal relationship or the just because I've got I've got church on the brain, the way that the church um, can kind of the help people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we're talking about the context of of church. Um, and, you know, wanting to be a multi-ethnic church and wanting to, um, you know, wanting people that come to your church to feel welcomed there if they're a person of color. I think it kind of goes back to not just doing the thing that's the easiest to do. So um, whether it's like the music that you play in the lobby or the music that you sing on stage or um, you know, the people that you post in your promos or the, the places where you do outreach, the people that you care for in your community, um, making sure that it's not just that you're not only, um, seeking, you know, environments and, and music and, and all of that for people who just look like the majority, um, but, you know, there's so much worship music that's written by people of color. That's great. Um, look into having more worship music by people of color that you sing on, on stage on Sundays. And I'm not saying, as much as I love gospel, I'm not saying go out and start, you know, having blonde Tim from down the street singing, <laughs> singing gospel music on stage. Listen, know your context, because the church that I grew up in was very Baptist and very white. And we tried to sing you are good by Israel and new breed. Mm-hmm. And it, there was just mm-hmm. not enough. Yeah. It, it, it just didn't go well. Yeah. Lord, you are good and your mercy. Okay. I'm going to stop now. Thank but you. That's just probably how it sounded. I just want to give everybody just a real, yeah, you know, that was, that was a, um, yeah. th- it was show and tell. So that was the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, um, but, but you know, I think it's when, when you're posting things, post people who aren't just white, you know, like, or, you know, able-bodied or, you know, whatever, like making sure that you are, um, putting forth an effort to serve, not just reach and not just ask to come to your church because, you know, that's important. And, you know, if you want to ask people to come, make sure you're asking, people that that look different from you too but actually serving people and caring about people and actively showing that you love people that don't look like you i think that's really important so it's it's not don't just don't just talk about it be about it oh that's so good don't just talk about it be about it that's right put your money where your mouth is you know exactly that's right well what would you say um what would you challenge people with as far as like embracing the uncomfortable? Um, like how would you challenge someone to, 
to do that. Like, because I, I know it's like, it's hard to put yourself in uncomfortable situations, sure, but yeah. it's, it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what would be your challenge for the person that's like tiptoeing around that? Um, in order to learn more and to be a better ally for people of color or people that don't look like them. Yeah. Um, stop tiptoeing and jump on it. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, so like I said earlier, I, my perspective is a little bit different just because I, I am, um, lovingly confrontational. So I feel like being, being, um, in uncomfortable situations is a little bit more natural for me just because I've been practicing. Not that, not to say that my um, go-to is always just to, to hop in there, but I think it's so important to do. So I, I confront not only people, but confront myself as well um, in the way that I think. And I think it, it's all about a mindset, right? Um, So it just takes time. Um, So like, you know, Hey, Google's a great resource. There's so Thanks, many Google. books out there. There's so many documentaries. There's people of color and people who are, are you know, different mm-hmm. want people to care about the things that they care about. So this, this stuff isn't hard to find. Um, and I think it's just seeking those things out. So maybe instead of, you know, watching you know, your normal comfort TV show, go, go watch a documentary, go read history, go, um, like consider what, what it's like to be, you know, an indigenous person in America or a black person in America or a Japanese person in America. Um, we have, there's, we unfortunately as a country have a history of, um, in the past, not treating people very well. And, and those things, um, still affect the way that our country runs today. So when you learn the history of those things, it helps you to have a better perspective of what people are dealing with. And, um, yeah, just put yourself out there, seek, seek information, um, and just, uh, build a desire to learn. Great. That's awesome. Um, do you have any resources that you would recommend? Any like go tos? If you don't, that's cool. But I- if you do, that would sure, be sure. Yeah. Helpful. So um, there's a book called, and I gosh, I don't know who wrote it, but there's a book called Reading While Black um, that talks about um, biblical perspective from mm, um, from the perspective of of Black Americans and um, it's, I think that's an incredible place to start. Um, there's also a book called, this is not biblical. Um, it's, it's a secular book, um, by Abram X. Kendi called, um, marked, marked from the beginning or stamped, stamped from the beginning, something like that. And it goes through the entire history of, you know, the the genesis of racism and how we got wow. from i mean like centuries and centuries and centuries back to how we got to today and she's thick but it's so much good information like how many pages are we thinking oh my gosh um it's got to be 800 plus oh. i think because it's a thick book i i haven't picked it up in a minute because my brain started hurting but <laughs> um but yeah she's she's big she's big um, but I think it's worth it to, um, 
look into that. There are podcast episodes on the Bible for Normal People podcast where they've brought on um, people to talk about this topic specifically. Um, there are so many documentaries on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, what literally whatever you have. I'm sure there's a documentary about it. Um, also, just like just watch some like black sitcoms. I don't know. Like that'll show you what like what life is like for black people. Like yeah. maybe turn off friends and watch um living single a little Come bit. On. Like just yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't have to be hard. It's it should be fun as yeah. well. But um so yeah, those are those are some resources that I have. Um if you guys want me to to give you more, I can give you some to put in the show notes, but yeah Darn. look at you saying put in the show notes uh, it's like i'm you. a pro or something i know all right well this is the final thought spell we this is new we decided we were like you know what this could be lame this could be fun okay, so I we'll see it. so i love the energy before we go um we're gonna have you pray at the end but um any final or closing thoughts before we dip out that maybe you want people to know and maybe that we haven't talked about or a question that hasn't been brought up that would be beneficial to people in this. Anything. Um, I think it's really important for people to know that I know that there's been a lot of debate, but dogs are superior to cats. Amen. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I, I think, um, what I would love to leave people with is um, just an invitation to um, to step into that uncomfortable space to, um, you know, learn more about the people that are in your workplace and your neighborhood and your family um, and and do so prayerfully. I know that, you know, some people this is this is kind of a scary thing to step into Um and in all things, I think if, if there's ever discomfort, um, just lean into God and listen to the Holy Spirit and, and what's being spoken to you. Can't go wrong um, with that. You really can't. And for, for me, knowing how much um, God loves every single person that he's created and um, knowing that each person is, is a, an image bearer. Um, I just think it's, it's so important to, um, to, to hold on to that as your why, um, and to remember that, that that's, you know, the main, it's, it's important to care about people because God cares about people. Um, and I don't know that everyone that listens is a believer, but if you are a believer, then that should be something that's top of your list as well. So, um, I just think it's so important to get past the place of, of comfort and move into a place of allowing yourself to always be learning, always be growing, always be having conversations, um, always confront the people in your life with love and Mm -hmm. confront yourself as well with love. When you, when you, um, find that you're wrong, say you're wrong, you know? So I, I, I think all in all the, what I would like to say is just to, um, to just practice being uncomfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and this all kind of will flow from that. Yeah. That's great. Well, Stacy, before we jump off of the podcast, you've been so great. Um, so thank you for Thanks. jumping on. Um, will you pray for us and for the listeners and just as we exit from here today? 
Yeah, I would love to. Lord God, I just thank you so much for all that you are. Um, thank you for the way that you've created each and every one of us specifically, purposefully, and perfectly. Um, I, I thank you for the way that you love every single one of us with so much depth and so much closeness and tenderness. And I pray that our hearts are just softened to that same level of love. I just pray that you align our minds and our hearts to yours, um, that we could see people the way that you see them, treat them the way that you would treat them and, um, care for them the way that you care for them. Um, I just thank you so much for who you are. Um, for for leading and speaking in this conversation um, and for continuing to um, lead us and show us in ways ways in which we can grow and be better um, I that's that's one of my favorite parts of, of following you so I'm just very thankful for that and I um, just pray for everyone to have a great rest of their day <laughs> it's your name I pray amen amen thank you Stacy thanks guys Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've been hearing, be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you get your podcast fix. Reviews help people find us. You know what else helps people find us? Sharing this with your friends, whether that's on social media or in that family group text. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, go ahead and keep those to yourself. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead and follow us and send us a DM on Instagram at theporchpod513. And where can they find you on social, Seth? At Seth Spinks. S-P-I-N-K-S. What about you, Mitch? You can find me at Mitch Walters underscore. And remember, until next time, your family here.